existence In existence, join the resistance Come on, let's start by talking tactics Have a pass and match us Here's how we practice The last order conversation David Jason Hey everybody, welcome to Pop Culture Continuum, this is John Elliott And this is Patrick Riccardi this week, we're keeping good on our promise and actually doing what we said we were going to do. Which uh, is... Yes. Teenage Fan Club versus Zoom. Bloom. Yeah. Teenage Fan Club bandwagon-esque versus the new Sloan album, Commonwealth. Um, so we'll start with Teenage Fan Club bandwagon-esque. Uh, do you think their name is based on something real? Like, was there really a Teenage Fan Club one day? I think most fan clubs are made up of teenagers. Not the One Direction fan club. No, that's all 60-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Um, Men. What? Huh? Men. Yeah, yeah, 60-year-old men. I like that Paul Rudd skit. Oh, from Saturday Night Oh, my God, dude. I watched uh, the Saturday Night Live season premiere last night. Did you see it? I- I would have if I had known Chris Pratt was going to be the host, but I didn't, and it sounds like I made the right choice. Yeah, it was awful. That's too bad. Awful all the way through. Um, was it Chris Fault's, a uh, Chris Pratt fault, fault that was awful, or is no, it... no, good. He, I mean, he was okay. He, he kind of stumbled a few times during the monologue, but uh, no, it was just horrible. Right, like it wasn't funny. Like I, I said before on the show, like. For as much shit as people talk about Saturday Night Live, I usually laugh a couple times at least watching it, but not last night. There was I didn't laugh once. And uh, not even the news. No, you know what they did for the news. So I don't know if you've been watching. You know they had uh, Cecily Strong, and then they added that new dude. Oh, you know I I haven't seen the news since Seth Meyers was there. So yeah, well you know who Cecily Strong is. No. Oh, she was doing it with Seth Meyers for a while before. Oh, left. okay, okay. But they got rid of her. Just got rid of her completely. From the news, yeah. And and oh. they kept the weak dude and added another dude. I, I, I don't know. I don't want to assume it's because the new dude is black and they're trying to really push that they're multicultural. Um, but it wasn't complete that there isn't enough women of color, so they solved that by adding a, uh, a black guy? Yeah, they added this black dude. Yeah, well, they, yeah no, they did add some some black woman who they don't give anything to do. Um, <laughs> but but the, here's the thing. C- uh, Cecily Strong is a good performer. And, um, and she was, re- I thought she was good on the news. Um, these guys are both, I think, writers now who are on the uh, news. Okay. So they're not performers and it sounds like they're just reading shit. Um, so yeah. So even the news, which is usually you can at least look to if a show's going badly nothing and they also had on the news like they had you know they'll have uh they'll have correspondents come on and you know do their thing and again this time the correspondents were obviously two stand-up comedians just doing their act rather than like performers doing any kind of sketch thing you know right it wasn't a stefan thing it was these people coming out and doing their stand-up act with some questions thrown in to facilitate it. Yeah, it was right, yeah. terrible. Well, that's kind of what Lewis Black, that's his name, right? Does on The Daily Show, and that worked. I mean, it, when... it does work on, on uh, The Daily Show, but it's also more fitting with The Daily Show. Yeah, you're right. Um, 
than than a sketch show. So yeah, I, I think I think I might be done watching Saturday Night Live. Anyway. I'm 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 surprised you ever watched it. Not ever, but since you were in high school, I'll pick it up once in a while. I just don't. It doesn't make me laugh that much, so it was never worth my time. Yeah, it, well, I think it's just you know sitting around at eleven thirty on Saturday night, Saturday night without any cable. Um, oh yeah, yeah. What else are you gonna do? But yeah, no, I thought about using. I got uh, for her birthday. I got my mom a new Roku, and it comes with two months of Hulu Plus, and I probably will sign up for the free two months. But I looked into it. I didn't know they they showed ads even when you pay. That's they do. The stupidest it's, thing I've ever heard. It kind of sucks, except for. The one good thing is like the Criterion Collection movies, which there are obviously no ads for. Uh, yeah, so the movies they show straight through. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's neat. Yeah, that's... it it is kind of dumb, but I think there's just... I mean, I'm sure there's a way they could remove the ads from the paid ones, but it's probably just easier for them to show them the way they've already got them set up, you know? Yeah, but there's plenty of stuff you can't access through through free. And why can't that just have no ads? Like, okay, all the stuff that is you can watch free, that'll still have ads because they have to do they have to change one setting on their server to make it different. But all of the stuff that you can only access when you're a paid a paid member, that shouldn't have ads on it. But yeah. anyway, no, I I agree. I mean, I'm just used to it now. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but I yeah, I was pretty pissed at first too because I had assumed there would be no ads for the Hulu Plus, but. Of course, that's pretty much the exact reaction I had when I was uh, 14 years old and we finally got cable TV and funny how all the channels did have ads. Because I thought the whole point of paying for TV was having no ads. Oh, no shit? Yeah, I had no idea. I thought that I was going to be able to watch the shows and not have any commercials on it. (laughs) It turns out that's just the the real paid channels that have that. So you just basically didn't understand how capitalism worked. (laughs) I still don't. I read an interesting interview recently with Robin Hitchcock. Um, where he was talking about his new album and stuff. Um, but then he slipped in there kind of just out of nowhere, and they didn't make a big deal about it. But um, he said something about, um, I, I can't even remember what it was about the the recording industry or touring or something. He said, um, yeah, that kind of thing might be good for commerce, but I'm not a capitalist. I thought, wow, that's a, that's a pretty bold statement to make in... Uh, in an American publication. But anyway, none of this has anything to do with Teenage Fan Club. I would be surprised if they were a capitalist. They're probably not capitalists. I mean, the, at the pace they do records, they obviously are trying to maximize their profit. I think they've done one uh, for the past... They've only done one every five years, their past two albums. Do they have other stuff they do? Like, they have uh, other... Other bands or other? Do they write for film or anything like that? You know, some some of these guys have interesting stories. Yeah, not that not that I am aware of. Um, although I will say, well, let me see here. It says other projects. Uh, Norman Blake, one of the one of the main songwriters there, uh, formed the two person band Johnny with Eurochilds. Never heard of them. Um, and. They, I guess they had an album in 2011. He, and that says, as of 2012, Norman Blake also formed a Canadian-based supergroup uh, with Joe Pernis and Mike Beltsky called the New Mendicants. Oh, New Mendicants. They were actually on one of my best of. So I vaguely... So it's kind of, Yeah, I guess uh, side projects. Mm-hmm. They've done a couple. But yeah, as a band, they're not... And it's a shame because I, I feel like they've gotten a lot better as a band... Um, I really like their last two albums a lot. They, um, 
but but they don't really tour here, I don't think. And it's been a long time since they have had an album, right? Yeah, 2010 was their last one. So if their track record's anything to go by uh, next year, there should be another one. It's in the works. Um, but Bandwagon-esque was the big one from uh, the Breakthrough album. It was their second, although according to Wikipedia, they had an album called The King, which was actually their second. But I'd never heard of The King. Uh, the charted, oh, too. It, well, here it says, deleted on its day of release. What the hell? The album is often derided as a hastily assembled contractual ob- obligation to U.S. label Matador. Um, I guess it's a kind of a mess. But yeah, that's weird. I, I have not heard it. Um, but their so their second real album, Bandwagon S, nineteen ninety one. Wait, uh, that's weird. So they recorded the King after Bandwagon esque and released it first. Yes. Makes Just to get sense rid of. because they've got like they've got the title, you know, heavy metal and stuff. Um, and I wonder the, if you can find that on iTunes. No, you can't. I, I think I looked and uh, and it didn't show up. But 1991, I remember, um, and I've read a lot about this on the internet doing my doing my research on this album. Uh, that Spin Magazine really praised the shit out of this uh, bandwagon esque, which I which is why I bought it in the first place. Um, and and I guess they they kind of feel like they overpraised it and then went back on it a little bit. Oh, like, in recent times they went. Like, yeah, did, because like, uh, like Ebert did with the Graduate. Well, yeah, yeah. I think they rated it like really high, like above like the Nirvana album and the My Bloody Valentine, Loveless, which also came out the same year, um, on their like end of the year best albums thing, and then they they felt stupid or something. But and it, out of time. And out of time, yeah. But it's still a really good album. Yeah, yeah. I I, I don't. I don't think it, it is helpful to go back and redo reviews like that. I, I didn't think Ebert's review uh, re-review was very interesting. I think it that kind of thing says more about the person than about the actual work. And uh, so well, maybe over time, Nirvana has 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 stood the test of time better than Bandwagon esque, but it's still a good album. I prefer this album to Nevermind personally, but um, but that's that's again more about me than about the album probably I, I recognize that nirvana's album was more influential and culturally important but yeah uh, that's what, yeah that's what i'm saying but to re to yeah so anyway i, I don't like that kind of thing but it's no well it's a sa- yeah it's especially true i feel like with films which um which almost never age well i mean acting styles have changed so much even since the graduate came out Mm-hmm. Even though Dustin Hoffman's still around acting, um, yeah, I I don't know why you need to reappraise a film. Like at the time you saw it, it meant this to you, and that so it did its job in that sense. I would I would have minded a re-review less of it if it was not just so negative. Just because you can talk about a film that affects you one way when you're 18, and you you'll talk about it much differently when you're 45. So that's an, that's an interesting exercise, but I. Yeah, it's, it's it's it is interesting to do that, but I think it's less interesting to to kind of shit on something you like when you're younger. Right, it is, and and it's the you know it's the Seinfeld isn't funny trope where where like you've when something's been done and then 
culture changes so much or a lot of things are influenced by it, it doesn't maybe seem as revolutionary uh, when you look back on it. But, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like saying, well, Louis Armstrong, Louis Armstrong's playing kind of sounds cliched, but that's because he made it up. You know, he he kind of wrote the template for for jazz. Um, not that I'm giving the graduate that much credit, but no, I, I I don't think it's that great of a movie. I just think it's interesting that I don't I, either. I, but I it's, it's obviously a part of its a product of its time, and exactly. and that's why it had the impact that it did. So, yeah, taking it out of context and and reevaluating it is is little. And yeah. it, and, it, and it still holds a, a a huge cultural cachet. I mean, you can still get quotes from that and people have never seen the movie know what you're talking about you say mrs robinson people know exactly what you're trying to say yeah you say uh i am serious and don't call me surely they're like yeah the graduate right yeah they did that first and best um yeah t- i i think teen- so teenage fan club uh i read somewhere uh some critics some critic dubbed it a uh, big star fourth because it's so sounds like a, an updated big star album. Um, so I, I'm predisposed to like it, but it's, it's grown on me, uh, even more like when I first got it cause of spin, I was like, yeah, this is good. I don't may, I, I was maybe a little put off by, uh, listening to it with all the, the heaps of praise spin gave it and being like, yeah, it's a good album, but it's, it's not the best thing in the past 10 years, you know? Um, but it holds up as a very solid power pop album, mm-hmm. I think. And it's it's a very thinking about '91. We what else was going on? We we had stuff like Out of Time was huge, but other than that, this is this is very different. It is, and it it's kind of I mean, in a way, it you can see it like leading the leading the path to the Brit pop stuff. Although that wasn't quite as power pop as this this was. It was more. Uh, it had more like rock, classic rock elements. I think the the, the Brit pop stuff. It it also had a very '90s sound. I think I don't know if it was just this was coming at the time, but if you look, listen to the beginning of the concept, which is I think the first song, right? It is, yeah. That is, there's this that, the way that song begins with that that like that sound. Yes. The kind of getting your guitar ready or whatever they're doing. I can't tell you how many 90 songs had that. It was just all over the place. And it's, it, it just brought me back listening to the start of this album. And I, I, when I was listening to it, I didn't realize when it came out. Cause I didn't, I've heard the concept before. I'm pretty sure. Cause I, I, that, that denim line rang. It felt like something I heard before, but I didn't know it was so early in the nineties. I was like, well, everyone's doing it, but everyone wasn't doing it in 91 by 95. Everyone was doing that. Yeah. So it, the, uh, they they weren't necessarily influential, but they were definitely at the forefront of a sound. Yeah, I well, I know the concept was in one of the Simon Pegg movies, um, and it's yeah, it's kind of. I, I read uh, another well, a couple reviews where they called they called this like bubblegum grunge or something, but I don't think they're only saying grunge because that's when grunge took off and it's got electric guitars, but I don't see really any similarities between this and grunge. It's, it's definitely more based on the Beatles or big star and, and melody than, than a rock album. But it does have some rock to it. It does. It, it, they can rock. Yeah. But I, I think yeah. grunge is a misnomer when describing this album. It's I got think... grungy sounding guitars at points, I guess, but 
I think by about, let's say, March of 1991, the the word grunge had no meaning. Right, exactly. And and you can't really accuse them of trying to ride on Nirvana's coattails when these albums both came out the same year. Um, <laughs> I, I hope no one's accused them of that. Yeah, no, I don't think. It's just the, the grunge label that, that it, it's not grunge or especially not what anybody thinks of as grunge. It's definitely not Pearl Jam or Soundgarden. Man, you said Pearl Jam with such disdain. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah, the, uh, I I think it's funny. Like, it's it's got very... Um, it's got very catchy, like, riffs and melodies. And then a lot of the songs have, like, really long fade-outs or fade-ins in some cases. Which mm-hmm. is funny, like because it's it's basically you know like two or three chords just played over and over, and I think they they felt like they had to try to sound maybe a bit more arty, so they would add these long <laughs> these long sections at the end or beginning of songs. It's kind of funny, but uh, the concept you wanna um, you wanna play it for people and they can hear sure a bit of what they sound like. All right, here's here's the concept from Teenage Fan Club Bandwagon esque. <laughs> She goes, says she's gonna get some records by the status quo. song in order sorry go ahead for a band that doesn't seem they they're not a hair metal band where they're really vain and really love themselves it's kind of funny i think it was in the concept where they had that line she loves me because my long hair the hair goes down my back it's (laughs) yeah so out of place there are some there are some funny lyrics on here um or clever i think too yeah Mm -hmm. they they were definitely into irony and stuff too um like what on the concept is also what she didn't doesn't take drugs but she takes the pill yeah um the the next song is very power pop uh the next pick we had is what you do to me um which is like maybe the most basic song on the album i don't know and it's also uh really short um but it so sounds pretty. what's that so pretty yeah it is it, it sounds very like a like a '70s uh, soft rock kind of song, although it's not yes, really like cheap trick kind of. Yeah, thing. yeah, it's it's the power pop for sure, um, and and there's not a lot to say about it because it kind of says it for himself. It's like it's simple musically and lyrically. I'm, I think on purpose. It's not because they're dumb. Right. What what happened to Cheap Trick? 
did they become something else? Because a lot of their songs, when I think about them, they're really good. The their I think their first three albums were really solid, and then they kind of started um, losing it a little bit. And then, like I don't know if it was mid or I guess it was late eighties, like eighty seven. They did that song, "The Flame," which was like a it was it sounded just like a hair metal power ballad. Oh boy! Um, yeah, which was just crap. And then they've gradually uh, come back to their roots more. Um, like their last couple albums. Really? So they're still doing stuff? They're still doing stuff. Um, no idea. Although they had something with their with their drummer, um, some issue where he's gone now, and he was kind of, he was a huge part of their sound. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what that is. And their look, you know, he was, he looked like, uh, he looked like some dude who worked at a bowling alley. <laughs> Always had a cigarette in his mouth. Um, I thought you meant he was dead. Well, yeah, well, he might as well be now. He's not in Cheap Trick, and I don't, I don't know what happened. I guess it was uh, pretty ugly. Oh, shit. that stinks. Yeah, but um, but yeah, they're they've they're still going. They and they also did do like, or they have done for a couple of years. They played like entire Beatles albums, like at the Hollywood Bowl. Oh, that's neat. To benefit something. So, yeah, I know they did Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, and, and they released that one on iTunes, and, but I think they've also done other ones. So That's kind of interesting for someone, a, a band from that far back, who's still around and they're not they're not riding on their old stuff. I mean, I'm sure when they do a concert, people want to hear their old stuff, and they do, but they don't just do that. They do other interesting things, whether it's new stuff or just playing a Beatles album at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah, yeah, they've got to do, man. I mean, I think they they really fell far because I, when I was in a band in the late 90s, I remember we played a club and it was like uh, showing the list of, of acts that were coming and Cheap Trick was among them. And I was like, if we're playing a club that Cheap Trick's playing, <laughs> what the hell's going on with Cheap Trick? Oh, I thought you were going to say we really made it. <laughs> we obviously did not. Um, yeah, what you do to me, just like you said, pretty... Um, I don't think we're going to have a lot to say musically about this album, especially because it's kind of all of a piece mm-hmm. musically. So uh, let's just play it for people. Here's what you do to me. Speaking of Pearl Jam, every time they're brought up, I want to I want to say that I like them because they fought Ticketmaster, even if they lost. I like that they made. Oh, sure, I I yeah, I like what they what they stood for with that, especially because they were kind of 
out on their own. Like, I don't remember a lot of artists clamoring to join the cause. Right. And they were doing it at, at like a time where they actually had some, some, some sway, some didn't power in the industry. Them, yeah. But yeah. And I saw, I've never been a huge fan of theirs, but I saw Eddie Vedder at, uh, like come out as a surprise at the Neil Finn concert. And he was, he was pretty awesome. Like he was really, really good. Yeah. So. I, well, I'm, yeah, I admire them for that. I'm sure they're, they're nice guys. I just don't like their music. Um, but you know there are a lot of a lot of nice guys in in rock or music who I'm sure who I'm sure are nice but that I don't like you know like uh, Gene Simmons say mm, um, well no he's not nice oh he's not that there's another thing uh, I learned when researching this album do, do you know the Gene Simmons connection no this is I kind of thought it might be a parody except it's on Wikipedia and I read it a couple other places. Um, <clears throat> Apparently, Gene Simmons trademarked the logo of a money bag with a dollar symbol. Oh, God. So Teenage Fan Club had to pay him for their album cover for this song. How could that be possibly, possibly be trademarked when it's, when it's su- such a generic thing? I it's, mean, it was all over mo- uh, cartoons well before Gene Simmons was even around. Oh, God, that's so stupid. It's so horrible and so fitting that that's what he would trademark. But uh, Well, it's only according to his book. So maybe it's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it is. So it's only from him. So and anything he says is is a piece of shit. I forget why I don't like him. So Cause I, he's I a take it all back. Terrible, maybe. horrible person. Did you ever listen to the Terry Gross interview? That's like the one of the oh, most. Oh God! Famous, yeah. yeah, that's why. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I I give it back again. He is a terrible person. I thought it was maybe it was just because he was a part of Kiss and Kiss is stupid, and he had something st- stupid to say about Rock being dead. But I was like, well, he's an old guy. But I forgot about the Terry Gross. Yeah, he's a. He's he's not quite as bad as that Hunter, who's a '70s rocker and now very conservative, but he's pretty bad. Was oh, that? Ted Nugent, yeah. Nugent, yeah, he's not that bad, but he's still pretty bad. Well, yeah, Ted Nugent's just fucking right wing crazy. Yeah. But yeah, no, he's he's pretty. Yeah, I just I don't understand how you can copyright basically a concept. So like, if I'm an artist and I do a painting of a a money bag with a dollar symbol on it. I have to pay Gene Simmons. That doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he says it in the book just to look good because I can't imagine that's true. But who knows? Yeah. There's a. I think I've talked about this before, but I really like it, so I'll talk about it again. At the Philadelphia Museum of Art, there's a a painting of a. I don't know the whole story, but it's a um, it's a Japanese pop culture figure, an anime figure that was bought by another artist, and the other artist like did a bunch of pieces of art and he he was the only one who could do it legally because he owned the copyright and then he decided he didn't want anyone to do it anymore so he just owns it and doesn't let it get he doesn't let it go, get out there as like a, a commercial thing so this guy just painted a bunch of stuff off it because he's like fuck you you can't own an image awesome so maybe the next time i become a painter in the next life i'll just do a bunch of money bags and say fuck you gene simmons yeah I, I, oh man I hesitate to bring this up. What the fuck do I care? There's this dude I used to work with. Um, so as people know, I work at a publishing company and we would get like from uh, printers or whatever, we'd get these, um, I don't know what you call them, proofs or samples of books, but they, what they basically were was just the book like size and shape, you know, they would send it, it a bound book, but it was just blank, empty pages inside, you know, uh-huh. and just to, I, I guess to check the weight or, you know, the, the overall uh, size of the book, whatever. It doesn't matter. This dude who worked there, um, 
we did an employee art show, he grabbed a bunch of these books, just blank empty books, and that was his art. <laughs> He'd try to sell them for, I don't know, $500 each or something. Jeez. And I think somebody, like an outside person from the company, bought one. I think. I can't remember. I, I might be making that up in my head. But I hated him like from that point onward, and uh, he's now a multi-billionaire. Oh, I know who it is. Yeah. That's yep. too bad. Anyway, um, uh, Teenage Fan Club. Star Sign. This was this was their big U.S. modern rock hit, I guess. Um, really? Another, yeah. Another one with a very long intro before it gets into the song. But I, I always liked it. Well, it's catchy, I think. Um, but besides that, I like it because it's kind of making fun of people who are superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is your star sign ever wrong? Um, hey, there's a black cat at my door. Big deal. It's just that kind of thing over and over. Um, I think it, it also has more of a, a sound that the other songs sound more teenage fan club-esque or big star. But this one sounds more 90s than the other songs, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. It kind of has that all the way through. I don't know how to characterize that, but it, you know what I'm talking about? That like the guitar is kind of a, a, bit, a buzz. Bit of distortion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, but still catchy. Probably. Well, I don't want to say the most like rock because I think they had what that they had a a uh, instrumental called Satan. That's just kind of dumb, but more rock. But yeah, it's it's. Well, wouldn't you say that a song called Pet Rock is more rock than the other song? That's true. Maybe Metal Baby, too, should be. Well, that's more metal than any other song. But let's just play it. Because um, I think we're going to do one more on this one, too, right? Yes. Um, we're breaking the, the three-song rule for this episode. Uh, yeah, let's let's play it. This is Well, I don't know if this is the one people would know. Like I said, it was the bigger hit at the time, but I think maybe the concept or what you do to me has are are more popular like after after all these decades have gone by. Mm-hmm. But um, here it's it is. weird the concept would be ever played because it's it's a long song. It's, it's long. Six it's six minutes long. Yeah, but it was released as a single. Hmm. Um, maybe they cut out the long uh, outro on the single. I don't even know. But here is uh, Star Sign's actually kind of, it's almost five minutes too. Um, here is Star Sign from Teenage Fan Club.
and you had you had another pick you wanted to talk about. Just a little bit. This Sidewinder. It's a very pretty song. Another very pretty song. A very nice song. But it reminds me so much of a, a song, a, a band that comes. I don't know. Ten ten years later. Yeah, ten years later. The boys. Put the boy least likely to another band from the UK. I don't know if they're they're probably from England, but uh, their sound sounds very similar to this one song. And anyway, that's the only reason I wanted to talk about it. It's very pretty. Oh very yeah, nice kind of the boy least likely likely to is more kind of a twee. Yes, they're sounding. very twee. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is also. I mean, it, I wouldn't necessarily call this twee, but it's got a very sweet, pretty sound, like you yes. said. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know because Teenage Fan Club, we should mention, are from Scotland. Um, I'm not sure where the. I always associate, for some reason, um, twee sounding music with with Scotland, um, but I'm not well, sure where the the boy least likely to are from. They are English, so there you go. But uh, I guess would you say, think that Bell and Sebastian's twee? I don't know. Yeah, I would say. It. They seem like they're. Sometimes they're, uh, they're, they're above twee. They're, yeah, musically sometimes they are. I think lyrically they're more tough than. I mean, they're more Smiths like. Mm-hmm. But they are from Scotland. <clears throat> they are from Scotland, and as we know, Scotland and the UK are now separate nations. So. Oh, is that what ha- I, w- I wonder if it's because Teenage Fan Club came down very heavily on the separation. On the vote, yes. Uh, probably. I don't. I can't think of any other reason it would happen. Um. Well, let's let's listen to. I guess we're kind of blazing through this, but it's just because I'm too scared to try to talk about these songs in detail. Um, let's listen this, to this is a prequel to the Side Wonder Sleeps Tonight. Oh, it is because it came out the year before, um, and and REM, as usual, just stole all their ideas from other bands. Um, yeah, let's let's do. Here is Sidewinder. Yeah, I like that one too. Uh, I like, I pretty much like the whole album. I mean, not every song is great, but it's, <clears throat> I can listen to the whole thing all the way through and not yeah, skip. Maybe Satan, the the second song, the instrumental, doesn't doesn't do much. It's just kind of a, a shambling mess more than the, uh, the whole thing's kind of like, kind of got that messiness to it as well, which is another reason I think they were compared to Big Star. I wonder. I read a little bit about their first album. That sounds like that was a huge mess. Not the King, but the yeah, the education that just was was not very good. Have had, you heard it? It had a couple. Yeah, I've got it. It's got a couple yeah. good songs on it. Um, okay. But yeah, this is really where they. This is where to start with them. And then I I feel like everything after this is worthwhile. Every every album they made after this. Um, and like I said, I really like their last two albums, which are 
kind of softer, I guess. But this album, uh, Bandwagon Esque, was their only popular one in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, they just kind of fell off the radar, which is too bad. But man, that I'm just looking at the list on Wikipedia. The songs from Northern Britain that was that was pretty big in the U.K. That was their their most popular in the U.K. Yeah, number three in the U.K. Wonder what how that happens. How it can be so popular there, but not even come over here to, to chart. I don't know. I mean, that kind of thing happens a lot, um, especially when you compare UK and and British charts. I mean, it's been happening since at least the 70s, where you know they had a lot of glam and stuff in in the UK that was huge that never made it over here. Groups like Slade and even T Rex and stuff, who people know now, but you know they were they were huge there. Um, mm-hmm. And even the Britpop stuff. I mean, I know. I guess Oasis was kind of big here. Um, and Blur had a couple of hits, but not anywhere near what they did in the UK. Yeah, I think I hear, I, I mean, I know Oasis, and I remember them being really big at the time, but I think maybe in, in Britain they were much, much, much bigger. It seems like the way people talk about them. Yeah, no, they definitely were. I mean, they You heard a lot of Beatles comparisons, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, but it, I, I, that's what the idea I get is it wasn't so ridiculous. To them. To, to Britain, because they were so big. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, because I really would urge people to check out all their albums. They've, I, I really like them. I've been listening to them uh, more lately. Just, you know, how you get on kicks with yeah. bands, um, which is what made me think of doing this one. Um, and, and yeah, they've got really solid all the way through, I think. Um, yeah, anyway. Have you listened to? Uh, this has nothing to do with what you, your, what you said, but uh, it just made me think. I, just looking at Teenage Fan Club's discography made me think of Stereo Lab, and uh, the lead singer has a new album out. Have you heard that? I haven't heard it yet. Letitia Sadier, how are you saying? Thank name? you, because I had no idea. I never have no any idea how to say her name. Wait, new like as in this year? Yes. Oh no, I didn't know. I got I got her last one. Um. No, shoot, I'll have to check that out. Have you heard it? No, I just read uh, there's a review of it. She has a new album, and she also has like a side project that has a new album. I don't know about what the side project's called, but her new album's called Something Shines. And there was a quick review of it on Pitchfork. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I'm going to have to check it out. Because I, I had uh, Silencio, her last one, which was uh, 2012, which made my best of list. But yeah, oh, cool. No, I definitely got to check that out. I don't know that there's much she could do bad. I agree. Um, she, unlike Robin Hitchcock, she's a capitalist. I think you're wrong. I guess only God knows. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, is is she like? I know that Stereo Lab had some uh, some connection to the band McCarthy. Mm-hmm. That was the guy's band. The, yeah, the the guitar player. I, th- I, I know I, I can't remember. Um, but, but Tim, I think his name is Tim. Yeah, or, yeah. But I know they talked a lot about kind of socialism and communism. Oh, so does Stereo Lab. I was joking. Yes. Yeah, oh, I know. Was... <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Uh, I guess you can get away with that over there. Get away with it here. Yeah. What's anyone gonna say? If you want to, yeah, that's true. Nobody would make any big deal about it here. Nope. I mean, our president's a communist. True. Not, My idea, but of he's not also not a a 
a resident of this country, a citizen. So that's true. Uh, maybe he's not the best case to bring up, but yeah. Well, just let me make one thing clear because my definitions are sometimes different than other people's. My definition of communism is supporting uh, financial organizations above everything else. Like if you're a, a top 500 company on wall street, you should be treated as if you were royalty and that's communism, right? I think you're missing a few subtleties of it. Okay. But maybe we, we can go into that on another episode. Okay. Capitalism versus communism. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, it doesn't work. It's not. There's no time basis to it. Shoot. Uh, feudalism versus <laughs> feudalism versus working at Walmart. Well, you gotta get you gotta have something that you can actually contrast. So I don't think that would work either. Well, it's just the time. That's true. If you're just going by time. Um. Yeah. I. What would be the differences? I mean. I. I guess in feudalist times, like the serfs didn't really have to wear name tags. That's, That's one true. thing. They, they, but they still were, yeah. So they were a little more human. Yeah, although they, they, they were all greeters back then. Mm-hmm. Everybody that came by, they had to stop what they were doing, um, which usually involved uh, pig feces in some way. Just say, like Walmart. And say, "Hello, governor." Before, yeah. Have you have you uh, heard about the new uh, Cockney social? Social network, social media network. No. Oh, hello. Yeah, I have heard about. It. I don't really know what it is. Uh, I guess it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know what the the benefit of it is. There's no ads. Yeah, I I think it's just pie in the sky because there will be ads when it gets big enough for sure. So. Oh, I don't know if they're going to be ads or not, but they're never. You have to hit a, a breaking point where you have enough people to make it interesting and. It's just not going to happen. I mean, it didn't happen for Google Plus. so Yeah, that's true. Google Plus just kind of... I had a Google Plus thing that I like posted to once, maybe. Yeah, I posted to it a couple times, but it's just there's not enough other people on it for it to be interesting. It's a much better design than Facebook, but everybody's on Facebook. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the, that's the problem with these things. You know, it's the same with Netflix and Amazon. Once, once they have monopolies... Uh, it's it's kind of hard for anybody to make any headway. Right, yeah. Well, if they do, they, they put ads on like Google Plus. Yeah, I I mean, Amazon, I know we've talked shit about Amazon before, but I had read something uh, more recently about like this dude, I guess this was earlier on in Amazon, um, where he sold he sold diapers. Like that was his only thing. He sold diapers online at, at you know, discounted prices. And Amazon asked if they could buy him, you know, for however many million. He was like, no, sorry, I, you know, I like, I like doing my thing. And so, of course, Amazon started selling diapers uh, cheaper than him and just ran him out of business. That sucks. Yeah. Uh, well, we both work for companies who've been screwed over for, by small publishers have been screwed over by Amazon. So. Yeah, yeah. And I see Amazon somehow. What's that? I still like Amazon. I, I mean, I like, I like the convenience of buying books from them, but I don't like them. Yeah, I know. I have trouble with that because I would never purchase something from Walmart because I don't care for their politics, but I don't mind something, something from Amazon. So I don't know if I'm a hypocrite or not. Yeah. I, well, I, I have Amazon prime, you know, I, so yeah, it's a, it's kind of a quandary, but I think it, yeah, it really is. But 
I think when you look too closely at any large business, uh, there's going to be some moral panic element to it. Right. I, I do have changed a little bit. I used to like, if I, if there's any kind of anything I needed to buy, I would just get from Amazon cause it's easier. But if there's something I want to buy and then there's a possibility that it's like, if it's a, a comic book or a, like a board game, I will look, I, I could get it from Amazon, but I'll look elsewhere first to see how big of a discount I'm getting. If it's not too huge, I'll get it from the, the smaller guys just because, Hey, give them some business. Yeah, I I definitely do it with books, um, where I will I will buy from the the uh, small independent bookstores. I I won't buy any books off Amazon. Although, on the other hand, um, I will buy Kindle books from them. So you know, I guess that's, yeah. Although I, I haven't done that for a while because I can rent them from the library. Right, that's what I mostly do is use the library. Yeah. Um, the books I get from Amazon are used books that I can't find anywhere else. Yeah, and that makes sense. And and used books is you're really going through another seller too. I mean, Amazon's making a little, but yeah, they're getting a cut. And it's funny how often I'll get used books because I'll get graphic novels novels that are used from Amazon. Because I don't know why, but comic book stores don't they have the single issues, but they don't have the. So anyway, I've gotten like over over the past ten years, I've gotten maybe six. I don't know, maybe more than that, but whatever. At least half of them have come from Goodwills. Which cracks me up. <laughs> like Seattle has a goodwill that has a store on Amazon, and so does San Francisco, and they happen to have lots of comic books. Which Makes is sense. Well, I think that's the that's the benefit of Amazon um, over, like, say, a comic book store or even a bookstore. Is just it's a matter of space. Like, comic book stores can't stock every goddamn graphic novel that's come out in the past forty years. You know. Right, and their their warehouse is the world. Right. Oh, are we doing ads for Amazon now? Um, www.amazon.com enter pop culture continuum as a keyword and nothing will happen we'll get nothing but you should do it just to piss them off and to get our name out there and i've i've checked on computers that i've never used our 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 show does come up number one in uh, google searches just just letting everyone know that we are number one in the pop culture continuum market that's good to know that it kind of takes a weight off my mind I'm, because I'm sure uh, there's some some Estonian company, you know, pop culture continuum that's uh, that's really trying to horn in on our market here. But uh, right, but we're winning. Yeah, we're we're white males in America. You can't beat us, Estonia, except in soccer, I assume. Uh, well, and children workers. Well, I don't know about that either. You ever go into uh, some ethnic restaurants? You got their whole families mopping tables. I don't know that's why, why they I use mops on the table. Yeah, that's why I don't go to ethnic restaurants. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's I, I'll do a takeout, but no, no tables for me. Thank you very much. Let's uh, take a break. Oh, don't you want to do an advice column? Oh, do you have one? Sure. Oh, I was wondering if you had one. I, I do not. I did. At this time, it's an actual email that came in to oddly my personal email address let's hear which it. is a little disturbing much like the letter but anyway okay let's open this guy up dear john and or pat a little bit offensive to me i wish it would just say kind of john. fucked up that they sent it to you and 
and well, give me, you know, preferential treatment. Uh, yeah, that kind of sucks, but I'll live. Uh, thank you for having such a great show. I enjoy listening to it once a week. Well, sometimes we're out twice a week, but we'll do whatever you want to do. Um, anyway, I have had my girlfriend for five years. I'm having trouble wondering how to keep going with this relationship. Do you guys know what I should do? I really want to have a baby and she doesn't. I have been put printing, push, I can't read, pin pricking holes in our condoms and giving Tic Tacs where her pills used to be. What is your advice for my coming years? Love. Wow, that's nice. Daryl Jenkins. P.S. Well, I am 17 years old. Well, Daryl, I think you're doing all the right things with the, the holes in the condoms and the tic Hey, Usually we, we answer the... Oh, go ahead if you'd like to answer it now. Yeah, why, why not? Uh, he's obviously uh, on the edge of his seat for this. That's true. You're doing all the right things, um, but maybe get go go to the doctor... And get tested to see if maybe there's a problem with you. And um, if if it's not with you, what you can do is when when she's sleeping, uh, swab a Q-tip in her mouth and go bring that into the doctor. And then he can test to see if there's anything wrong with her. Uh, and uh, if there's nothing wrong with either of you, then most doctors will just give you a baby from the maternity ward. Is this true? 100% true. All of it. Wow. Science, I've, medical science, fact. Daryl, my advice was to calm down, slow down, just live your life. But John sounds like he has better advice. Good luck to you and your people. I listen. I admire. Uh, I admire teenagers who know what they want in life. You know, I I was not sure. I didn't know what I was going to do with myself at seventeen. Uh, this guy obviously wants a baby. So you're telling him to grab that golden ring when he can. Do yeah. While you're still young. I mean, you're a man. You know, you're you're. Uh, Childbearing years are are not too long. Nope. So, yeah, I, I say do it, and or you know just go into the maternity ward and grab a baby yourself. Just if ask you Tony Randall. Hassle. Is, wait, is Tony Randall dead? Yeah, you have to use a Ouija board to ask him. But ask him how long do I have till I can father a child, and he'll tell you not long. Yeah, at maybe three years tops. Mhm. All right, uh, let's take a break. And we will come back with the Sloan album, Commonwealth. And we'll be thinking about you the whole time. Daryl, you mean? I meant everyone, but Daryl too. All right. Uh, Yeah, we'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade. He could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero Tried talking about Shanmiro To computers wearing earphones He almost died for conversation Hallucinations, good vibrations Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing Steeplechasing, the Reformation Transubstantiation, Brian Stuckin's creation The land of the Thracians and all right, we're back. And now we're talking about Sloan. Welcome back. Commonwealth. 2014. Um, and 
another another kind of power pop band this time out of Canada. I guess America just doesn't do power pop bands anymore. They invented it and then moved on. Yeah. It it transformed into hip hop down here. Mhm. Uh, well, that's an easy transformation. It has that both have that op. Yeah, you, well you would think it would be easy except uh, Canadians can't do it. But that's probably cuz uh they don't have any black people. Um they're black, they're black, they call their black people polar bears. Yeah, cuz they're Canadians are so white. But How pol- white are they, John? They're so white that polar bears are considered dark to them. Um, that wasn't much of a joke. Well, I had already said it, and then he set me up for the punchline I'd already given. Knock, knock. Who's there? Polar bear. Polar bear who? Better call the cops. I see a polar bear walking around my car. A Volvo. Uh... So this is a double album. Somehow that joke was both unfunny and racist. Well, it it's all... If you're paying attention, it's all kind of tied together. I didn't mean to be racist against polar bears. I do apologize. Especially since they're all dying. Because of uh, trigger-happy Canadians. Why don't you just say Canadians? Yeah, true. True. Uh, Rob Ford. If he's done nothing else, he he is mayor of a city of a country that this band comes from. So you got to give him some credit. Um, I like this album. Overall. I like it a lot too. Yeah, it, it, I didn't know Sloan's history. I didn't know that they had been nominated for nine Juno Awards and won one of them. Yeah, the Juno Awards, uh, named after that movie. Um, so. So it's it's albums that deal with teen pregnancy. Um, it's weird, which that they, is really appropriate for our our episode since we just talked to Daryl Daryl about teen pregnancy. Yeah, it all ties together. Mm-hmm. That's what we try to do here. Uh, I apologize for all the pe- polar bear stuff, um, but Pat kind of forced me into that. I just want to put that out there. Who are you apologizing to? Polar bears that listen? I think we have a significant polar bear listenership. Judging from the email, if if that's true, I would like the 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 top two polar bears uh, choose amongst yourselves to send me a selfie because I think polar bears are very cute. And one time I went to the Philadelphia Zoo and I went to the polar bear section and they have two sections where you can see them swimming on the top of the water and you can also go downstairs and there's a little window into their pool. And one time I stood there and I stared at the polar bear and he stared back all the way across as he swam across in front of me. We had a connection. Sounds kind of stalkery to me. Uh, who was stalking who? Why was it his home? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I guess I I wouldn't mind a polar bear bear selfie if uh if they promise not to be holding the coke can in the selfie. I'm tired of those. So many in the email. Um. The, the, so this is a double album, uh, which I didn't know initially because I got it digitally and and like most people do i guess um unless you read about it you i mean it's it's long ish not only a double album but there's sides to it there are uh diamond heart shamrock and spade i guess yeah is that a canadian thing 
yeah. Knock Club Club and wait. I guess I'm... they drink Shamrock Soda up there, and uh, they go to dance Shamrocks. Yeah, I I don't know. Um, so what what do we have? Oh, Shamrock inside a club. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> we do call a spade a spade. It, well, th- so this each side is uh, every song on that on that side was written by one member of the band. So, uh, so for example, the Diamond side was all uh, was all written by Jay Ferguson, who's the rhythm guitarist, and uh, the Heart side was all written by Chris Murphy, who is the bass player, and so on and so on. Uh, and here's something funny, or maybe not. If you look at the album cover, it's it's a bunch of stuff on a table, including four kings, and they're diamond, heart, shamrock, spade. And the king's pictures are the guys from the band. Yeah, and their shamrock actually looks like a shamrock. On yes, it cards. does. Not a, not a spade, so... There's something going on there. Yeah. There's also a, a pin with a tooth on it. Yeah, I wonder if they're... Uh... If their Lucky Charms have different uh, shapes in them as well. Like, maybe they actually have a club in there. Yeah. Green clubs. Weird. The The strongest side, I think, is the first side, which is uh, the rhythm guitarist, Jay, Jay Ferguson. Um, when we picked two songs from this one. And um, and my least favorite side probably is, is the third side, uh, written by the... The lead guitarist Patrick Pentland, which does a kind of has kind of more I don't know attempts at rock mm-hmm. rocking and kind of classic rocky sounding, which doesn't work as well for me. Um, I, I obviously listening, I didn't know any of this, and I didn't know it at all until the podcast started. So I'm gonna have to listen to this again with this in mind. The fact that different people wrote each each side is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, the, the thir- my least favorite side like has 13 under a bad sign and keep swinging downtown. Uh, a lot of parentheses in those songs, uh, which are both, to me, they, they kind of drag the album down. Um, and Keep Swinging Downtown was released as a first single, which is weird because, like I said, they're more kind of rock than pop. And I, I think the pop stuff stands out the best. Um, and the first song you picked... Uh, which would have, I would have picked. I think the three songs that we've got from this are are the three standout tracks to me, anyway. Um, I think so too. And the "Keep Swinging Downtown" is it's it's really kind of a weird weird song. It's not it's it's rocky, but it's like 1970s yeah. rocky, yeah, and not in like it's not picking not the good greatest stuff way. in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's picking the stuff that's it's thankfully forgotten. Right, right. Yeah, it, it, that doesn't work for me, and I don't think that's their strength at all, I think. No, I don't either. Uh, but, I mean, this first song, You've Got a Lot on Your Mind, also sounds kind of 70s. Uh, it's got, like, kind of maybe one of those soft rock melodies. Well, really, again, it's it's more power pop. But, um, but you know, it's got nice piano, and it's mm-hmm. it's not super mellow, but it's it's a more mellow sound and, and just catchy as hell. And... Uh, and pretty. Yeah, a pretty song. Uh, you've got a lot on your mind. Well, let's just play it and we'll talk more about this stuff uh, in a minute. Here's You've Got a Lot on Your Mind by Sloan. You've 
All right. Yeah, I, you actually picked uh, two of these songs, and I picked one, but they're the ex- these are the exact three songs. If I was going to pick three, these are what they would be. Okay, that's that's nice that we accidentally picked the same songs. Yeah. Well, I think they really stand out because uh, your next pick is is more up tempo, but mm-hmm. also in that in that seventies uh, power pop sound. Although I we should say it doesn't it doesn't necessarily sound like the sound isn't seventies. It sounds fairly modern. Yes, yeah, it's very modern. It, it's just, you can you can see where they got some ideas or where the you can go back to the seventies power pop stuff and and see a little walk along the line to get get here to get to here. Yeah. Uh, and Cleopatra, I think I like. There's some where they like two or three people are singing at once, and I like that. Yeah, yeah, harmonies and, um, and it's, and it's fun. It's a fun mm-hmm. song, I think. Um, yeah, we're obviously we're not going to have a lot to say about what this. song. I I don't think I picked it because I forgot I forgot about. But there's one song that name checks the wire. Oh yeah, um, shoot, is that? I think it's uh, I think it's so far so good. Okay, yeah, it's um, pretty funny. Did you learn nothing from Five Seasons of the Wire? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, here's uh, here's Cleopatra for you guys. Cleopatra, there's a reason she's taking the time, collecting the thoughts like a gallery assembling a new paradigm. She's I said, here's Cleopatra for you guys. And I kind of said it in a way that was hanging. It sounded like I was going to add something, but uh, I was not. I was I was thinking that you said, here's Cleopatra for you guys, but we have many women who listen. As I've mentioned many times, I use guys as a gender-neutral term. Um, the same way I use men as a gender-neutral term. I just refer to everybody as a man. Uh, it cuts not... down on typing. Yeah, I, I, I just want to ask you something. Do you know what neutral means? Yeah, it's uh, it's like Switzerland. You eat a lot of chocolate, which I think applies to both men and women. That's true. And uh, you like to ski. Yet again, I can't argue with your logic, even if it's wrong. In any case. Uh, so, yeah, those were both on the, the first side. Jay Ferguson side and uh, and the last pick. All right, we're gonna have to think of something to talk about after this because we're almost done. Uh, was carried away, which is another kind of a kind of mid to up tempo song with a lot of um, pretty singing too, but but uh, a a fun good poppy. Peppy. It kind of the carried away makes me kind of think of an eighty song. Yeah, I could no, I could totally see it. Uh, like, like something that something that'll be at the start of a, a teen comedy. Yeah, yeah. A kid getting ready for school that's playing. Yeah, totally. Uh the you know, the late seventies, early eighties was like the 
the height of power pop, I guess. And yeah, it does. It does definitely. I could totally picture that. If some Canadian uh, coming of age teen movie, their version of Porky's, say, uh, doesn't use this song, well, then they're just dumb. <laughs> well, they already did the teen version or the Canadian version of Porky's because we we talked about it on the show. Uh, Degrassi. Oh right. Junior high. But yeah, this is a this is another one. Um, you should go out and, if you like these songs. You should go out and buy the album, or you know, I guess you could always just buy these three songs. But uh, let's listen to "Carried Away" from Sloan. Here you go. She loves him too So I think overall it's a overall it's a good album. There's some songs that don't work as well as others, as I said, like the third side, and then the the fourth side is the drummer's side, and he just did one long, like 18 minute song um, that's kind of you know made up of movements and stuff that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. I think he's... I I don't hate the the second album, but I think people would be if. If people heard it, just say, "I'm only going to listen to one album from this." They would be fine just listening to the first. Yeah, side two, one two, and two. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. I, like the the um, 48 Portraits is the the drummer song, um, which is really long. And I think he was kind of trying to do like a second side of Abbey Road suite of songs and just like put it all together into one song. And some of it's good, but I I don't think there's enough to to hold it together as as one comp strong composition like there's some kids singing and stuff that's somewhat annoying to me oh um, i didn't mind that but yeah I, I don't it kind of made me think of a jam band kind of thing but i guess that's that goes hand in hand with a 17 minute song yeah it's kind of like a prog rock it, it's like a prog power pop thing um weird i mean it's cool that you know he's experimenting and, and is it is it really a surprise that this this is the song that the drummer decided to put together? I don't know what you're trying to uh, imply. I, being a drummer myself, uh, seems like kind of a slight on me personally. But well, in general, as a rule of thumb, anything I say is a slight to you personally. That's true. And to drummers? Nah, just you yeah. personally. Well, in that case, I take it in the spirit it was meant. And uh, I will reply that I love you. Anyway, 
I can't talk their tears in my eyes. It is yeah, it is hard to talk when uh, through your eyes. I've noticed. Uh what do you have going on? In my life. Uh saw Bob Mole the other night. That was very good. A lot of uh a lot of old Husker Du songs. If he's coming to your town and you're a Husker Du or Bob Mold fan, you should see him. It was a good show. Who opened? Symbols Eat Guitars. Did you get there early enough for them or did you just decide to skip it? No, I went for them. How were they? Yeah, they were they were good opening band. Oh. Which is rare enough. Uh, where they? Where did? Where, where was it? At the Fillmore. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I got a poster. And was it a good poster or just kind of a so-so poster? It's all right. I I don't know. It's not bad. It seems like it. It's kind of varies because it. Oh, the, it, the band themselves aren't making the poster, so it. Right. It varies wildly. Yeah, to be sure, their their poster quality. I've got some from like really good shows and. And bands that I really like that I would like to put up, but the poster's so ugly, I'm like, eh, I can't, I can't go along with it. And you know, I, I think a little while ago I talked to you about seeing a Stereolab show and in, in, at the Fillmore and not having any memory of it. I just couldn't remember going to a show with you in, at the Fillmore. And then I talked to my friend Pat, and he's like, Yeah, I was there too. And then I remembered. I, I, cause so I it's like, another I, slight against me, really. No, it wasn't the slight. It was like I don't remember doing it just with you. And then when he said he was there, I was like, Oh, right. But I still don't remember what I did with the poster. I can't remember if they had a po- oh they 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 did have a poster for that one yeah it must have sucked though because I had I had other posters from the film where that I kept for a long time and I had them on my, on my wall at work so there's no way the Stereolab poster wouldn't have gone with me so it must have really been like not worth keeping yeah I think it wasn't I a friend of mine had seen them uh, at the Fillmore previous to that show we went to and he gave me his poster and it was, it's a really cool one yeah i i've seen the one you have that that is very similar to one of their album covers yeah yeah uh, it's, it's got uh, like the font and yeah that's a that's a really nice the graphic look of their albums more than the one we got yeah have um, you seen the news the philadelphia was in the news recently for something halfway terrible and halfway nice well mostly terrible but the end was nice Let's see, halfway terrible and halfway nice must be Philly cheesesteak related. No, Philly cheesesteaks are all the way nice unless you're vegetarian and they're just halfway nice. Oh, you're talking as a vegetarian. I am, even though I'm not one. I'm speaking as one. No, there's a there's a terrible crime that two guys got beat. Two, two oh, guys got yes, beat. the yeah the hate crime. Yeah, they, they can't call it that in Pennsylvania, unfortunately. Right. Well, maybe they can now but because of this. But the, it happened and it was awful and for a couple of days they couldn't find the, pe- the people and then there's this guy on twitter who has this incredibly idiotic idiotically funny twitter account where he just parodies like stupid sports he's a sports fan but he, he's parodying the stupid sports fans so he since he started it's just been just stupid jokes about other sports fans and then sometimes Wait, when there's i gotta go stop ahead. you for one second okay. uh, when you say stupid sports fans are are there another kind of sports fans well, I would say I'm a sports fan, and I'm not stupid. Continue. David's a sports fan. He's not stupid. Please, go on. <laughs> I was just hoping you would insult us. <laughs> anyway, so he'll. it's really a very funny Twitter account because he'll take – when there's things in the news and people are being stupid about it, like there is a – earlier this year, there was a, a girl who was awesome 
at, at Little League Baseball, and she was all over the news, and people were all over Twitter saying terrible, nasty things. And he was just re- retweeting it and showing how stupid they are. And then, Wait, what, know, what, like, sexist, misogynistic type? Anything you, you want to choose, that's the kind of thing they were saying. Why are you talking shit about a Little League girl? God knows. Uh, they were sexist, racist, anything anything terrible and and then it was she got put into a hall of fame and he said bad stuff but anyway so that's the kind of stuff he does he's trying to uh spotlight on stupid people on twitter and and mostly it's just stupid stupid uh juvenile humor but recently with this case he got he got people together and he was able to find the people who did it and he didn't do it like the boston bomber case where like Everybody was speculating and saying names. He didn't say any names. He just sent them to the cops, and they got arrested. Yeah, I, I read the whole thing, of course, yeah. It, it's really awesome how it turned out to be, like, this guy who's mostly an idiot on the, on the internet, in a funny way, used his, his fan base, which is pretty large for just a regular guy. I think he has, like, 10,000 people that follow him, and used that to find people who did this horrible crime and, and turn them in. Yeah. And then, of course, as a result of that, he got all kinds of shit from idiots like saying you you ruined good people's lives they were good they came from good families so you know if you're you're coming from a good family you're not beating people up for any reason let alone for their their uh, sexual orientation well yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of good families that have uh, really really shitty people uh mm-hmm. shitty kids you know who came from a good family hitler Right. Of course, that's the answer. That's always the answer for that kind of question. Uh, yeah, no, that, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Like, he went, found them on Facebook and shit, got their pictures, and and then I read that, um, like, one of them was a the daughter of a police chief. Right, and so, her Twitter was filled with all kinds of filth. Yeah, she she was just a fucking moron. Yeah. Um, and since when is a police chief? Like, is that considered a good family back east? That's <laughs> fucking bizarre. Um, but, but, but yeah, I and think... then she said something like, um, the, the, the guys were the ones who started a fight. Because I, I know, I just know from living in this world, um, when there are two guys uh, against a mob of people, it's usually, it's usually the two guys who start the fight. Yeah. Well, even if that were true, let's just let's throw out rational thinking and say that's true. These two guys started the fight. Does that mean that they that they should be beat up and have their their jaws wired shut, beat up so badly that they're almost killed, and the people who did it can run away without anything happening to them? Though so it doesn't matter if they started the fight; they still committed a crime. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I know. Who fights, man? That, that's what I don't get. Drunk. Idiots. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it it's kind of kind of reminds me of the the San Francisco Giants fan up here who got beaten half to death by the uh, L.A. fans. Did that happen up there? Or was that in L.A.? It happened. It happened in in L.A. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy uh, for but, stupid stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's I don't know of a good reason to fight. Like whenever, well, I'm, if you're def- like somebody's getting beat up and you say stop that, and it ends up you getting in a fight with the person that's doing the beating up, I would say that's a good reason. That's true. Yeah, I guess there are heroic reasons to to fight. Uh, most fights are not that. No, I would no, and if it's 15, 
15 people against two guys, it's it's almost certainly not a heroic fight. Yeah. Um, if it's if it's one person against anything more than one person, yeah, it's it's really not. Uh, yeah, I you know I I've ha- I have anger issues, and there are times when when I've like been just like looking for a reason to like I'm like yeah just bump me or something stupid. We'll get into it in my head. I'm mm-hmm. gonna be like a badass when in reality. I'm not a badass, um, and I've I've like totally learned to check myself on that, um, and and I just tell myself stop being stupid because it's don't why who like I said who fights really it's it's ridiculous and so many things can go wrong you can you can get hit and fall and hit your head and you're dead or you're a vegetable you know or even worse than that to me is you could hit somebody they fall and they fall dead. exactly. How and could you live with you're yourself? You're a murderer, yeah. Yeah. Or a manslaughterer, at least. Um, manslaughterer. Who's my favorite wrestler? Manslaughterer. I'm just kidding. I don't have a favorite wrestler. I'm not a moron. And actually, he is my favorite chef. Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that was a... I mean, it was a heartwarming story in the end. Yeah, so, I mean, the guys are, are hurt, but they're not in, like, danger of dying, and... The people who, who committed the crime were arrested, or three of them at least. I guess some of the guys probably pointed fingers and were able to get out of getting arrested. But whatever, the bad people were arrested, and hopefully the the justice system will do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, the idea of having your jaw wired shut freaks me out, man. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I think I would be so anxious. That, and, and just like, you know, I think, like, what if you throw up? What if you have to throw up? Yeah, I guess you can do it, but goddamn, it's not pleasant. It would not be pleasant. Um, and this this case was an interesting time where it it made it so conservative people in Philadelphia were anti-cop because the cops were calling it hate crime, and they were wrong because it wasn't a hate crime. But it it was by Pennsylvania law, it wasn't a hate crime. Right, right. But the, the cops were calling it hate crime, and all these conservative people. What's with the political correct? These politically correct people calling it hate crime. I think any crime that has violence involves hate, because you can't do violence without hate. Because they really should have named it some, something other than hate crime, because it really <laughs> makes that argument so that stupid argument come up every single fucking time. Yeah. Anyway, d- discrimination crime, maybe. Yeah. Yes, I don't know something, but any whatever whatever the case, the, the cops were the ones that were spouting a more liberal version of events and it was kind of funny to see the conservatives saying you're too liberal to cops yeah well there's been a lot of nasty cop shooting black people stuff lately yeah and i should say black men yes be specific um and that's what that's one i think nice thing about this philadelphia story that the cops were good people on the good side yeah yeah it's it's uh i mean obviously it's it's horrible and I say for once. I mean, in the news, as good people for once. Right, right. No, no, I know what you mean. Um, I, I think obviously this, this kind of shit is, is totally terrible and probably not news to, uh, to most black people in this country, <laughs> sadly. But it, it, the one ray of light from it is that it is becoming news to white people in this country. Right. And, and you know maybe. Maybe after Ferguson and all these news reports, you know, something's going to, there'll be a cultural shift. You know, I, I saw recently, we talked about this before, and I, I, 
it, it actually happened recently where somebody I talked about before where I wouldn't mind if people got tased. I would not like it if they got tased for no reason, but it would be much better than them getting shot for no getting, reason I saw. Yeah. Somebody's suing for getting tased, and, you know, they're probably in the right, and that's fine, but, you know, I'm glad he got tased and not shot. Yep. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, and if he gets, like, $50,000 or whatever he's going to get from the from the police for that, whatever, and if he gets nothing, whatever, it's better than him being dead. Yeah, and even... Oh, Jesus. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about it, so I'm just talking out my ass, but aren't there, like rubber bullets or non-lethal bullets you can use to take somebody down? I mean, I, I don't know why necessarily... It... Well, I think if you're going to be a cop carrying a gun, and that's what you're going to be, and you're facing people who might have guns, and you're going to use your gun, you want to use it to kill people. But I think there should be more training on when you use it. And when it's somebody yeah, who looks yeah. like they might have a gun, that shouldn't be then. I think you're right. And So if you have one gun that has rubber bullets and one gun that has regular bullets, it seems like that doesn't seem like a good idea. Yeah. Oh, I got the wrong gun out. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, and I think even as far as, like, I'm sure they do do training, but it's, we've all had training where you don't apply it, you know, in the right. yeah. in the field, so to speak. So, yeah, I know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean. Did you say they do do-do training? They, well, they do do-do training. They do have to deal with a lot of homeless people as well. Um, but, yeah, that's not really germane to what we're discussing. Yeah. I, we're not even talking about the Jacksons. Well, in a, in a sense, we're kind of always talking about the Jacksons in, in a bigger picture. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we should call this show the, about the Jacksons. The, and by the Jacksons, you're of course talking about Andrew and, uh, Millie, the, yeah, the, the thing with, uh, I, I think mostly like the training doesn't matter. It's, it's more the personality of the cop. I mean, and I think realistically you're, they're not going to train people to not racially profile because that's, I don't know, that's so much a part of what cops do that they're going to do it anyway, even if, you know, no matter what they officially tell them to do. And it's also a part of the culture at large. Uh, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not, I shouldn't lay it all on the blame of the cops. It, it is. Yeah, let's... You know what? Uh, now I'm getting bummed out. Um, okay, let's change the subject quickly before you're bummed out. Uh, too late. Shit. Um, yeah. Want to do recommendations? Yeah, let's do recommendations. Asians, Asians, Asians. Uh, what do you got? I have a... Do you want to go first? Because I have a couple. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going to recommend... I don't know if you recommended it or somebody else recommended it on the show. Um, or if... Maybe somebody just told me about it. It wasn't on the show, but I feel like somebody said it. Uh, but I finally watched Broad City. I don't know. I I've, I haven't watched it. I, I watched a couple of uh, YouTubes of it, but I haven't watched the new show. How was it? It was good, I guess. It's fucking great, man. Um, I, I think it's... I can't remember laughing more at a TV show. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, Alana Glazer and... God damn it. I can't remember the other one's name. I'm sorry, other one, uh, if you're listening, which I know you are. Uh, Better be. Yeah, no, it's it's a. Uh, Abby Jacobson. Abby Jacobson, yeah, they're both awesome. The show is uh, the show is super hilariously funny, and uh, it, well, it's available on Amazon Prime finally, which was how I got to see it. Oh, great! I'll watch it that way. Yeah, cool. yeah, definitely check it out. Um, oh, well, I will do one more quickly too, even though it was uh, maybe a month ago or so, uh, and I don't think I've said it. Uh, we saw Marshall Crenshaw. 
uh, again. And I just want to recommend Marshall Crenshaw. It's really sad to me that he's uh, done so much great music. And, you know, at the show, uh, he had an opening band, the Bottle Rockets, who, to me, were terrible. They sounded just like a bar band, uh, which is not my not my thing. Um, but then they they backed him up as, as his band, and, and they were fine for that. But uh, That's cool. But at the show, like, half the people left after the Bottle Rockets played, and I was... Wait, I was... they were there for the Bottle Rockets? Yeah. Pe- and the Bottle Rockets were still playing with Marshall Crenshaw, so why would you leave? That is really a weird story. It is kind of different types of music. I mean, I, I consider oh, okay. Marshall Pren- Crenshaw power pop as well, with maybe some, like, some kind of Americana-ish stuff thrown in, but mostly I consider him a pop guy, and they were, like I said... They're like a bar band you could see in fucking Stockton, you know. Mm. There were nothing special about them to me, um, and just you playing. Plan that. on doing a Marshall Crenshaw episode. We, at some point. yeah, we definitely should, and uh, we'll do his first album versus something. Um, but yeah, so so give him some love, Marshall Crenshaw. He's been doing good shit forever. And that is my recommendations. Okay, I have a couple. One are are things I've we've already recommended but I want to re-recommend it because I really like how the seasons are starting that Sleepy Hollow who's uh, first yeah. episode I watched and they did an excellent job of coming back from a, a great first season they did I was a little uh, at first I was like what the fuck's going on and I liked that yeah I, I liked it can I, I without spoiling anything I just want to say that if it was lost or some show like that they would have dragged that out for episodes and episodes whereas I wouldn't mind that to be dragged out for two episodes but it was fine the way they did it i'm glad that they got back into it is what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah it was a good premiere and uh agents of shield has come back and their first uh, episode of the second season was better than i i would say at least in the top portion of of anything in the first season it was better i'd say better than everything in the first season so that's a good start to a show that i liked last season so it's not like everything was bad last season and i like this this was just really much better yeah, I watched so. that as well. I'm, I'm still, I prefer Sleepy Hollow to uh, Agents of Shield, but. But would you admit that this was better than anything from Agents yeah, no, of Shield? No, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Okay. I just Sleepy Hollow to me does something that I was thinking about. Most drama shows just don't do, which is, it's fun. Yeah, I think Agents of Shield is fun too. I like, I think they're both fun. Can't, I can see how it's not as fun to me as as Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow manages to like do the humor just right, mm-hmm. and. And, you know, it's like, it's super, I don't know, cheesy in a way, but not in a way where you're like watching just to make fun of it. It's like... They walked the line really well. That's what I was thinking of this episode, because they they did something. They brought a character from the past, and they talked about him. And when they first brought him up, I was like, oh, again, they're going to make another founding father be a big part of this. This is so stupid. But they did it so well that it wasn't stupid. Yeah, no. Uh, Yeah, I liked his reaction to that founding father. Yes, that was spot on, very perfect. So that's my first recommendation. And since it's kind of a, a retread, I have a couple more. The second is another retread. Garfunkel and Oates had their finale this week, and the the ending song of the episode is called "Loser," and it's a super touching, awesome song. If if you if you're a person who's ever failed at anything, you should listen to that song, and it'll encourage you to do it again in a really funny way. Um, really good song, really fun. Uh, Garfunkel oh, I, and Oates season is over, and that's a very very sweet song. I remember that one. Yeah, go crazy with the cheese whiz. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. So why did you kill me? I didn't know there was Cheese Whiz in in the the Beck song. This is a totally different song. I don't even know if it's called Loser, but it has the word Loser in it. Because Beck Beck, 
uh, corner of the market on loser as far as I'm you really concerned. need to step away from your Scientology just once a week. That's, that's all I'm asking. That's contraindicated by uh, Xenu, but okay, go ahead. And last one is a comic book that came out last month, I guess. It's called Roche Limit. I think that's how you pronounce it, which is some kind of scientific term that I don't know. R-O-C-H-E? R-O-C-H-E, yeah. Okay. And it's set in space, obviously. Uh, that'd be obvious if you knew what Roche Limit was, which I don't. And it's this space colony that's gone bad, and it's kind of kind of a space noir, it's called, like a film noir set in space. And really good first, first issue. So I... And like, encourage everyone to try it out. Roche limit. Well, uh, all right. So here's my understanding of the Roche limit. Now, this is just from me, of course. So I might be off, but uh, what I would say would be the Roche limit, sometimes referred to as the Roche radius, is the distance within which a celestial body held together by its own only by its own gravity will disintegrate due to a second celestial body's tidal forces exceeding the first body's gravitational self-attraction. Uh, I mean, you know, that's a layman's explanation of it, but... Well, thanks. That was really good. I didn't didn't realize how much you knew. Yeah, well, it, I, I know a little more. Like, it was named after Edouard Roche, uh, a French astronomer who first uh, calculated the theor- theoretical limit in 1848. But but other than that, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, in the dark about it as much as you. So Roche is how you say it? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's really all I was asking. Um, all right. Everybody should like us on Facebook and should go to iTunes and rate us highly. Thank, thanks for our latest like, and we should really read the review because I think that's a good idea. Since it was a every five star review, we'll read on on the show. Oh wait, there was another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, cool. I'll check it out. And um, wait, another oh, written review. Yeah. Oh, damn. All right, I'll check it. It was someone who's uh, a friend of the show. And well, that's uh, not count in my mind. It still counts. Um, oh, what else? Oh, write to us at popculturecontinuum at gmail.com if you'd like to be on the show, if you have ideas that, of things we should do on the show, or if you'd just like to say hello. And that's it. Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay, that's it then. Fuck it. Fuck it all. Um, and next, well, next week, uh, we're going to be starting. Uh, a month-long Halloween series, so I'm looking forward to that. Also, maybe a special episode about the new TV season if we have time? I think we there will be a, a special episode about the new TV season at some point, uh, once, with, once all the shows have aired. With possibly a special guest? Yes, with definitely a special guest. Um, oh, wait, are we... Uh, all right, here's a question about the fall TV shows. I uh, could probably ask you this off-air, but we're still going, so... Uh, CW shows, yes or no? I, I haven't been watching any of them, so. They haven't started yet. I'll say no because I'd like to get this, do it as soon because I as for me to remember the shows. Yeah, I They agree. don't start till October, so no. Okay. But I will watch The Flash. I think that's the only CW show I'm going to watch. All right. Sounds good. Then uh, until next time, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.